very relaxed journey through Ephesians uh, over the last two years. And uh, we've come to the end, uh, talk number 11. And uh, thanks to Lucy for reading our Bible passage so well. Simon Manchester used to be an assistant minister here at St Michael's 40 years ago. And he has a joke that he tells about knowing your enemy. It's a bit daggy, which is probably why I like it. Here's how it goes. During World War II in England, they used to have training exercises in case of invasion. On one of these occasions, the leader had a group of men volunteers and divided them into two teams to practice fighting each other. And he told them, we don't have real guns this time, so we're just going to use sticks. If you see someone from the other team, point your stick at them and say, bangity bang, and they will have to fall down and pretend to be dead. And if they get really close to you, stick them with your stick, poke it at them as if it's a bayonet blade, and say, stabity stab, and then they will have to fall down and be dead. So in the battle a man sees one of the other team coming towards him. So he points his stick at him and he says, bangity bang, and nothing happens. The man just keeps coming. And he, when he gets close, he gets his stick and he pokes it at him and says, stabity stab, and the man still keeps coming, bumps right into him, knocks him over and walks across the top of him saying, tankity tank, tankity tank, tankity tank. It was a daggy joke. The clever person from the other team was pretending to be a tank, which you can't fight with a gun or a blade. The point of Simon's joke is this. Know your enemy. But it could just as easily be expect the unexpected because the Christian life is full of unexpected things. The identity of our greatest enemy is one of these. In Paul's letter to the Ephesians, in chapters 1 to 3, Paul lists out some unexpected delights about being a Christian. We have every spiritual blessing and resurrection power, chapter 1. We have true life and we belong with God, chapter 2. And our life is now exploring Christ's love, its height and width and length and depth. That's chapter 3. And in chapters 4 and 5, Paul encourages them to live lives worthy of Christ by pleasing God and surprisingly by being filled with God's Spirit by submitting to each other. And Paul then gives three examples of submission. Three unexpected heroes, wives, children and slaves. And throughout this letter, Paul has hinted at a new spiritual dimension that has entered the Christian's life. Just as real as the earthly physical dimension. In places like chapter 1 verse 10, 2 1 to 2, 3, verse 10, and 4, verse 27, we learn that the devil and his demons are going to be finally dealt with by Christ and
understand that we have a part to play in it. An unexpected part of our rescue by Jesus is that we are now part of God's cosmic plans to deal with the evil authorities and powers in heaven itself. In a way, the first five chapters have been a long introduction setting up for this section at the end of the letter. So have your Bibles open to Ephesians 6. Point one, finally, be strong. Paul has reached the climax of his letter and this is the thing he wants to leave with them. That to be a Christian is to be following Jesus, no longer following sin, the world and the devil. And it seems the devil is not too happy about it. Look with me at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We don't have strength for this task. Our strength must come from God and his mighty power. Verses 11 and 12, put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There is a battle going on. And as Christians, we are right in the middle of it. The devil is scheming against us, thinking of ways to take us from God by stopping us trusting Jesus and his rescue. His weapons, in 1 John 3.8, the Bible says that the devil has been a sinner from the beginning. So he knows sin back to front and he can use our sins against us. And in John 8.44 the Bible says the devil is a liar and the father of all lies. Sin and lies are the devil's weapons. He will use our sins against us by lying about them. When we sin the devil will say to us well that's not so bad. At least you weren't as bad as them. Your sin doesn't really matter that much. In fact, it's actually good for you. These are all lies. Paul said in 4.27, don't give the devil a foothold by sinning. Because the devil will use our sins to make us trust Jesus a little bit less. And he hopes to eventually take us completely away from Jesus. So what is our goal? What's the aim of us battling the devil? Verse 13, Therefore put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. The aim is to be strong in verse 10, to stand in verse 11, to struggle in verse 12, and to stand our ground in verse 13, and after we have done everything, to stand. This is unexpected in a number of ways, I think. We have an unexpected enemy, even though we have already won by trusting Jesus. There is someone still fighting against us, the devil. We have an unexpected goal in this battle. Normally the aim is to defeat the enemy, but Jesus has already defeated him. 
and he will finish the job when he returns. Our aim is to stand firm. Chapter 2.17 says, We stand rooted and grounded in Christ's love, his huge love. We can go anywhere we like in that love, but not leave it. And the devil is desperate to get us to leave it, to walk away from it. So our goal is not to defeat the devil, just to stand firm in Jesus and not be moved. Point two, put on God's armour. As Christians, every day we are stepping into battle. And this is serious, but what can we do about it? Do we have any defences? Do we have any weapons? Paul says the answer is a loud yes. We have nothing less than the full armour of God at our disposal, which makes us strong for the battle. A soldier today may have many hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of gear, of protection, of weaponry at their disposal. But none of it is any use unless the soldier puts it on. Left under the bed, it is of no use in the battle. Paul says in verse 11, put it on. And in verse 13, put it on. Because our life with God depends on it. We we must not start a day with any piece of our armour left under our bed. In these verses, in these next verses, Paul gives a list of our armour, protection and weapons against the devil and his demons. I have counted seven separate items needed for our battle. Truth, righteousness, readiness for action, faith, salvation, the Bible and prayer. Truth and righteousness, readiness, faith and salvation, the Bible and prayer. These are seven things every Christian has available for the battle they are in. These are the final words in Paul's final words to the Ephesians. We must put on these seven things every day. Remember, the devil's main weapons are lies about our sins. So our armour starts with truth and righteousness. If you only remember two parts of your armour, remember truth and righteousness. So how do, you combat, how do you combat lies? By knowing the truth. A lie only has power over you if you believe it. If I said to you, there's a tiger behind you right now, and you believed it, you would probably run out of your house screaming. But only if you believed it. If you said to yourself, there's no tiger, that's not true, then you would just sit there unmoved, which I'm thinking that's exactly what you did. A lie only has power if you believe it. So how do we stop believing the devil's lies? How do we stop giving him power over us? By knowing the truth. When we wrap the truth around us like a belt, the truth will set us free from the devil's lies. Anything that helps us know the truth more is a worthwhile thing to do. Reading the Bible ourselves, joining a growth group at St Michael's, studying it formally, St Michael's equipped training year or a course at a Bible college, 
listening to sermons, singing Bible songs, memorizing verses. The truth is the belt around your waist that holds the rest of the armor together. Next is righteousness, because the the devil's other weapon is our sin. Righteousness stops the devil having a foothold to use against us. And there are two parts to our righteousness. Having righteousness and doing righteousness. We have the righteousness of Jesus given to us as a gift, not deserved, not worked for. As we battle the devil, we need to know we are completely right with God because the devil will tell us otherwise. He will tell us we're not right with God because we're not good enough. We don't deserve it. And of course we aren't, not by a long way. But our sins will not be counted against us. Jesus has already paid for them all. We have his righteousness given to us. The other side of righteousness is us doing right by responding to Jesus. Choosing not to sin, doing good, loving God and loving our neighbour. Our aim should be to do the right thing all the time. Then the devil has nothing to use against us, no foothold. Number three, a soldier in battle needs to be ready. We need to be ready to move, to take the battle to the devil. And our readiness comes from the good news of peace. Peace with God is real and possible. We have it and we're not afraid to use it. By sharing it, by inviting people to join us and have peace with God too. Based on the good news of Jesus who achieved that peace for us. Number four, our faith is our shield. It will protect us from anything the devil can shoot at us. Sometimes we may not understand what is happening to us. We may not know what to do, but we always know that we can always trust God. When we feel overwhelmed by life, we can trust God to help us get through. Through anything that comes our way, no need to panic, just trust God. Just have faith. He will never let us go. Next, a helmet of salvation. We are saved by Jesus. We need to know this with certainty. Our rescue occurred back in the first century on the cross. We can't undo that, so we can't undo our salvation. No lies that the devil can say can change that either. It is critical that we all know for certain that we are indeed saved. Number six, the sword of the Spirit, at last a weapon. The same weapon Jesus used when tempted by the devil. Scripture, the Bible, God's word. This is a spiritual battle and the Bible has spiritual words written by God's spirit. Jesus obviously memorized scripture and used them when he needed to. Maybe we could too. So we have verses ready when we need them. Think of your favourite verses. This is a good COVID exercise when we have time on our hands. Print them out, stick them up around your house. I find on the back of the toilet door a great place. 
Put them on your phone for easy access. And number seven, the final piece of God's armour is prayer. To try and meet with a world leader and to speak to him is beyond most of us. But we have such amazing access to the God who rules not just the world, but the universe, heaven and earth. And we can talk to him anytime about anything we want. God wants to hear our prayers more than we want to say them. And Paul is always asking for prayer because he knows he is helped by them because God hears our prayers, making our prayers powerful. And point three. Paul finishes in verses 21 and 22 by introducing Tychicus to them. He's Paul's postman. It seems Tychicus took a few letters from Paul to this region. This one for the churches around Ephesus and possibly also the letter to the Colossians and the one to Philemon. Tychicus was available to answer all their questions about Paul and he could encourage them personally. In verses 23 and 24, Paul blesses them with peace, love and grace. Three lovely and very Christian blessings. These concluding words show that Paul doesn't just see them as soldiers for the battle, but as real people that he cares for. He cares about them and wants them to care about him by knowing about him, by praying for him. Paul doesn't leave them with words of battle, but with words of peace, love and grace. Peace with God, love for him and each other, all dependent on God's grace. It's worth reading Ephesians again, all the way through, learning of the delights of being a Christian, the ways we should respond to Jesus, and finally to know our enemy and the seven pieces of armour he wants us to put on and to use. Truth and righteousness, readiness, faith and salvation, the Bible and prayer. And I think the key two are truth and righteousness. Because we are in an unexpected battle with an unexpected enemy. But we have God's power and his armour available for this life and death fight. So let's finish by using the seventh piece of armour right now and pray to God together. So let's pray. Father, thank you that we already have every blessing that will last for eternity and we have such resurrection power available to, to us that we have already risen from the dead in true life and now we belong with you and can explore the love of Christ that we have entered. Help us to hold on to truth and righteousness both the righteousness given to us and help us to make right choices every day. Help us to be ready to fight the good fight, always trusting you, sure of our salvation. Help us to value the Bible as your spirit sword and help us to pray all kinds of prayers and requests on all occasions. 
but to pray especially for boldness to include you in our conversations you and your rescue as we talk to others and may peace love and grace be with us all amen